why don't we get to Jordan McArdle now? Because uh, it looks as though he is patiently waiting down the line this afternoon. Sports reporter for the West Australian. Jordan, welcome. Good afternoon, Matt. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much for, for taking the time. Now, uh, what's your take on the tackle? Uh, the, the tackle in the AFL, there is so much talk about it. We saw James Sicily. Uh, he has been suspended for three weeks. Hawthorne will be um, appealing that decision, but um, there's a fair bit of confusion around it. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. The confusion is the, the right word. It feels like, um, yeah, the, the players are genuinely confused what to do with tackling at the moment and um, and there's been a lot of suspension through tackling and that this year so uh, it does feel like it's becoming a, a really big issue in the in the game and I guess needs to be cleared up as, as soon as possible because there's just going to be more and more suspensions and you know we don't want to see some of the biggest stars of the game getting getting banned for um, you know for something that they're really not sure what to do about at the moment. Yeah, what did you make of the James Sicily one in particular uh, before we do get to some of the other uh, tribunal hearings from last night? It was a hard one. Didn't feel like he uh, he was in a, a, the greatest position, was it? So I can understand why Hawthorne have, have decided to appeal the ban like they have in, the, in the, I think, the last hour or so. They've, um, they've officially decided to appeal. So um, I, I understand, I guess, the, the way that the AFL are trying to, you know, protect head injuries and that sort of thing, but it's just, um, yeah, a little bit confusing at, at the moment. So um, it's just saying that probably needs to be, uh, be be cleared up just so the players know what they can and can't do. And were you happy with Dan Butler getting off? Um, that was a uh, that was a, an interesting one actually. I, I wasn't expecting him to get off. So um, in in that respect, probably, um, yeah, I thought that I thought the one week was going to stand. So, um, why? why? So, so why? Why would you have given him a week? Um, I guess you've got to protect those sort of things. So, yeah, I'm not sure. It's one of those one of those debates that, um, yeah, it's a, it is a, it is a tough one to to argue. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with the Sicily one now as well that they've. That Hawthorne have appealed. It's going to be an interesting 24 or so hours. Yeah, yeah, it certainly will be. So, I mean, I'm interested by by your thinking on the Dan Butler tackle here because for mine that is almost as fair a tackle as you'd see. He's he's driven um, his player in his opponent in Nick Blakey. He's you know he's got uh, low, driven through the hips, tackled him. Yeah, he's uh, tackled him into the ground slightly, maybe harder than. Um, maybe you would have liked. Uh, and, of course, there was that head contact. But I don't see how that's an unfair tackle in our game. So are you wanting to see a massive change in the way that players are tackling? Uh, I'm not I'm not saying that it was wrong as such, but the way, uh, the way it's being in- interpreted, I could understand why he has. Yeah, why he has yeah. got it, so or why, why he did get it originally. So um, it, it feels like it's starting to become that real outcomes based so you know if he if he wasn't concussed it would have been you know assessed as a really good tackle but um i guess that's something that needs to be cleared up doesn't it because Mm. um yeah a lot of a lot of stuff that would be considered fair um now it's you know outcomes based i guess because of the the emphasis of protecting the head 
All right, so the Mansell one. Uh, he got three weeks as well for his bump on James Aish. What can you tell us about that suspension from last night and the latest on uh, James Aish? Yeah, I guess um, the, the three weeks, once, once again, it's still, you know, outcomes-based, I guess. Aish is in, you know, in a bit of, bit of trouble. Um, yeah, he's obviously not playing this week through concussion protocols and, um, I was at Justin Longmuir's press conference this morning and, yeah, he didn't sound too confident that he's going to front up for, for next week's clash against Essendon as well. So um, they're, they're being ultra-cautious because he has had some some head knocks in that in the past. So um, let's hope he does um, does come back soon because he's a, he's a really important player for... For Fremantle, he's barely missed a game as well since he's arrived at the at the club as a, a real bargain sort of pick up as well. So um, yeah, first things first. Let's just hope he's he's okay. I guess because um, yeah, you you never like to see that. It um, yeah, it looked horrible, didn't it, live when he's uh, when his head hit the turf and the uh, the headband went flying with some force as well. So um, I guess that suspension is yeah, like I mentioned earlier, it's all about the uh, the outcome and. Mm. In the end, it um, yeah ended James Aish's game right then and there. So um, I can I can see why they they did give him that penalty. You were at Fremantle's training session earlier on today. What were your biggest takeaways? Uh, Michael Frederick wasn't there, so that was uh, that was a pretty pretty significant um, absentee. Uh, I've been told there's no issues there from an injury perspective. He's, he's managing. An ankle issue, but they they expect him to to play this weekend against the Giants. They have to fly out tomorrow afternoon, so um, no issues there. Caleb DeRong still looks quite sore. He mentioned it on Monday that he has been been dealing with an ankle issue since um, since round ten, I think it was against Geelong. So um, yeah, he has um, yeah he probably took part in about half the session and then um, wasn't involved in the match team and did some. Walking and jogging and that sort of thing. So I don't think there's any, any issues in terms of him playing this weekend, but um, obviously he's not at 100% and hasn't been for a few weeks. So for him to be putting the performances on the board that he has over the past few weeks, even with his um, you know his ankle being managed, is quite remarkable. So you'd, you'd expect he's probably leading the, the Doig medal count at, at this stage of the year and um, yeah, hasn't really shown any signs of slowing down other than being managed at training. Mm-hmm. So, um, in terms of other other things, I noticed Sean Darcy's looking good. I, I think um, yeah, he's obviously not going to play this weekend, but I think he'll um, he'll be a very very strong chance of, of playing against the Bombers next week. So yeah, to be the, the Jackson and Tracy show this weekend against Briggs and, and Lockie Keith, which will be a really interesting battle. Kieran Briggs is probably one of the most improved players in the competition this year. He's he's absolutely flying in the ruck, so it's going to be a uh, a really good battle there, but let's hope Sean Darcy's back next week because he's so important to to the way the uh, the Dockers set up. Can they play wet weather footy, Fremantle? Uh, it does seem to be an issue, doesn't it? I feel like um, there's a, a couple of weeks there. I think it was either last year or the year before where they they really struggled in the wet, and it felt like that again on Saturday night. So um, everyone you speak to at at Brio, at, you know, saying there there isn't any wet weather issues but um yeah if, if, if it does keep happening in the wet it's hard to to argue against it isn't it so um yeah it'd be another big challenge 
this weekend. I'm not sure what the forecast looks like, but no doubt they'll be hoping it's a nice, nice dry day because they mm. seem to play a bit better when the sun's out. And uh, good to see for Fremantle people and for, for Sam Switkowski himself, um, he uh, had a contract extension a little bit earlier on in the week. Yeah, absolutely. It feels like um, Fremantle are really locking in some, some key pieces of the the future, aren't they? I mean, in terms of, you know, or I really think they've got, they, they must feel like they, they're in you know, the premiership window over the next few years. They obviously signed up Fife for a couple of extra years. They've signed up Walters for a couple of extra years. Now Switkowski, uh, obviously Lockie Schultz hit a contract. Trigger for 2024 in Saturday night's game against Richmond. Um, and they're, they're hoping that he extends his stay for a little bit longer after that as well. So it, it does feel like they're, they're really locking in a lot of their um, their future and really having a crack at a, a premiership in the next few years, which I think would be a fitting way to, to see someone like a Nat Fife or a, a Michael Walters out. I think um, both of those guys have been really loyal servants of the, the Fremantle Footy Club. And, yeah, I think there'd be no better way to see those two out at, uh, mm. you know, whether it's next year or whether it's 2025. I think that'd be a, a really fitting way to um, see those two out. Speaking to Jordan McArdle here on Sports Drive this afternoon. Jordan, what's what's going on at West Coast? I mean, that they've just been flogged in the AFL, in the waffle. Um, there there has been a fair bit of talk on 91.3 Sport FM that perhaps their waffle team should disband now that they've played everyone once. Um, what's your take on, on where the West Coast Eagles are currently at? Yeah, it's pretty tough times, isn't it? I think, what was that, 129 points in the waffle against Subi at the weekend, and I think 122 against Adelaide off the top of my head. So, um, yeah, when, you, when your two sides are, are averaging a 125-point loss over the weekend, it's uh, not a great deal of, of positives you can take. So, um, yeah, they, they didn't have much running around in the waffle, did they? I think it was, other than Jackson Nelson, their, their waffle captain, I think they had one AFL game of experience. So that was Jack Williams. Um, that was back in you know just the, the start of last season. So um, their only other AFL listed player, I think, was Tyrell Dewar, who's a who's a Category B rookie and obviously a, a real project player. So um, you're not going to win too many games of um, of waffle footy when you're up against a, a team as strong as Subiaco and you've got that that little experience rolling around. I mean, the rest of the guys were were pretty much um, you know top-ups from, from various amateur leagues and country leagues and, you know, ex-waffle reserves players and that sort of thing. So um, it is becoming a, a real issue, not in not only in the AFL, but in the waffle as well, their competitiveness. So um, I wouldn't go to the extremes to say that they should be disbanded right away. I think, um, you know, after the, the buy, it feels like they, the AFL side should potentially get, you know, three, four, five players back, which will obviously filter down to the waffle side as well. So I feel like they, they still need probably, you know, six to ten players to be competitive. So um, let's hope they get to that stage after the uh, after the AFL side have uh, have a bye, which obviously can't come soon enough for them this weekend. They've, um, yeah, they've just unraveled haven't they ever since the the derby 
earlier on in the season when they when they lost probably five or six players in the space of a half of footy. It feels like it's just gone from uh, from bad to worse ever since. So uh, let's just hope they they get some better luck on on the injury front. I thought Ryan Marrick's performance was. Certainly a shining light, and even someone like Bailey Williams, I've really enjoyed how he has um, has developed as the the number one ruck. He's you know rucking probably wasn't his strength. He was more of that uh, that tall forward who could pinch it in the ruck. But out of pure necessity, he's um, yeah he's been forced to to be that number one ruck. So I, I thought he he played pretty well at the weekend as well. But other than that, it was. Um, wasn't a great deal of positives to, to take out of it when you when you've got guys like Elliot Yo playing in defence. Um, obviously, Jake Waterman was supposed to play in defence and he pulled out late with uh, with Gastro. Um, the players they were missing down back. It was it was always going to be tough, wasn't it? And there was always going to be one of those Adelaide forwards at least that was going to dine out. And it was it was Taylor Walker, obviously, with ten goals. So um, yeah. <laughs> It's um, yeah, pretty tough times to be an Eagles fan at the moment, and let's hope um, let's hope they just get some players back. Otherwise, there's going to be a, a few more triple-figure beltings on the horizon for both teams. A couple of quick ones before I do let you go, Jordan. Uh, it is a very even competition outside of the West Coast Eagles in the Waffle. Who are you liking at this stage? It's a tough one to to predict, isn't it? I, I thought Peel were were probably the favourites a couple of weeks ago and they've um, they've obviously dropped a couple of close ones in, in recent times but I still think they're, they're right up there and you know on their day when they've got guys like Will Brody and Neil Erasmus and that running around, Nathan Wilson, Joel Hamling, um, yeah I think they're a, they're a very very dangerous outfit and I guess a lot will depend on whether the Dockers make finals and that as well. It, it could have that sort of 2015, 2016 feel about it if um, if Rio don't make finals and a lot of those real senior guys have, have qualified for, for waffle finals. So I still think they're um, they're one of the, the favourites at the moment. I, I like Subiaco as well. I think Subiaco have been, been one of the big improvers this year. Obviously Claremont as well are, um, are always up there, aren't they? So um, I think they're they're certainly a, a team in in contention. They're probably the the main threat at this stage. West Perth obviously had a, a good win at the weekend, but they before that they they felt a little bit off the boil. So you know, is that is that the win that kickstarts their season? Um, South Fremantle will be probably kicking themselves for for not win, winning that game at the weekend because it felt like they were just starting to gain a, a little bit of momentum there. Obviously. It's, it's going to be hard for them coming from minus eight points at the start of the year. But, um, yeah, if they bank a, a few wins, they're obviously a, a chance to, to make the top five. And then, then who knows? Um, uh, East Fremantle, the, the jury's still out on them, I think. Um, they're, they're a little bit patchy in terms of form. So, um, they're yeah, they're... They're a little bit inconsistent, and then East Perth as well have um, have probably improved a bit as well from from last year. So it's one of those competitions. It's exciting, isn't it? There's probably you know three, four, five teams that um, that could win it at this stage, which is really good for the competition. Yeah, it certainly is. And last one before I do let you go, we've got uh, the Ashes to come a bit later on in the week. Are you, are you looking forward to the Ashes, and do you see the Aussies coming away with a victory? 
Oh, I'm sure my bosses aren't looking forward to the ashes because it probably ruins my, my sleeping pattern and maybe uh, <laughs> hinders my work capacity a little bit. But no, I do um, I do love the uh, the ashes, especially the um, the away one. I reckon it's on at a, a really good time of night. And it's, um, it's a, an exciting series, isn't it? There's a yeah. lot been said about baseball and, you know, I, I thought, the English, you know, back sort of four, five, six years ago, played played pretty boring cricket, you must say, at, at times. But now there's um, there's a real excitement about how the Poms go about their their business under Brendan McCullum and, and Ben Stokes. And yeah, I think it's going to be um, be a real nail biting series and going to have plenty of twists and turns like we're used to. So no, I, I can't wait. Neither can I. Jordan, it's been a pleasure chatting on the show this afternoon. Thank you very much for taking the time. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks, mate. Good to chat. Great chatting. There he goes. Jordan McArdle, sports reporter for the West Australian. A pleasure having him on the program as always.